0: You're listening to The Q's Podcast, episode 46. Hello, welcome to yet another episode of The Q's Podcast. You've reached the place where we talk to credit union industry leaders and cross-industry experts for a wide range of perspectives on trends and topics relevant to you. I'm your host, James Lenz, Q's Professional Development Manager. It is an absolute pleasure to deliver this show to you. At the time of this recording, we have just completed our largest event of the year. The Q's Directors Conference was a big hit. We want to thank all of our sponsors and educators who made this year's event so successful. We especially want to thank the attendees and credit unions who supported us. From a personal perspective, it was fun to plan the event content. Directors Conference is a very special event for me, too. It really feels like magic to me, seeing all the great connections that are made through all the fun learning experiences, and great networking opportunities. I love personally meeting and having conversations with our members. And I can't wait until Directors Conference 2018. Planning has already started. We have moved Directors Conference up one week in the calendar and have changed the location. It will take place December 2nd through the 5th, 2018, on the Big Island of Hawaii. You can find out more and register by visiting cuesorg DC. A new year can also bring changes and new challenges. From a federal perspective in the United States, we have seen dramatic changes take place with the new Tax Reform Act. We are finding that the new tax reform law, effective January 1st of 2018, is extremely hot for credit unions right now, especially related to executive benefits, as some may be incurring unplanned expenses in the millions of dollars due to the new law. Today's show is about the new tax reform law and its impact on executive benefit expenses. Our guest for today is John Pesch. John Pesh is the Director of Executive Benefits for Kuno Mutual Group, a company that specializes in the design, implementation, financing, and ongoing administrative support of supplemental executive benefit programs specifically tailored to credit unions. John is located in the Madison, Wisconsin, home office of Keno Mutual Group. John brings to Kuno Mutual Group his experience in the financial services industry since 1999. John has also obtained his CCE designation from Q's. Now let's work to bring about understanding and clarity with the new changes. Key takeaways from today's show includes how the provisions of the excise tax in the new Tax Reform Act can have a great impact on credit union organizations, considerations for reviewing and implementing compensation programs, and an industry perspective on what credit unions are doing to curtail this tax. We hope this interview will bring great discussion with your team. Let's get started. Hi, John. Welcome to the show. Hi, James. Thanks for having me. Now, John, you are the Director of Executive Benefits for Keno Mutual Group. You bring a tremendous amount of experience in the financial services industry, specifically related to executive benefit programs tailored to credit unions. And I am so glad we're able to connect today because I want to chat with you about this new tax reform and implications in relation to executive benefit expenses.
1: Yeah, so the tax reform was passed a couple of weeks ago. It was uh, pretty substantive, include a lot of uh, provisions which have great impacts on businesses and individuals. Uh, certainly one of the downstream impacts of it is that individual tax rates are going down, which a lot of uh, people, including the executives, are excited about. But one other provision in there is an excise tax that credit unions are going to have to pay for any compensation over a million dollars that's provided to their, one of their five highest paid executives. What this means is that any credit union that offers an executive benefit program, not just salary and bonus, but a lot of credit unions offer a deferred compensation program called the 457F, that these programs, even though they are providing uh, substantive benefits or substantial benefits to executives as a way to reward them, often used for recruiting purposes, and to help them retire, The way they're structured, they get taxed on it in a single year, and it's going to cause a lot of credit unions to incur an additional expense that they never realized or anticipated when they put these plans in place. For example, one credit union that we had to work with before the year even ended in order to try to get their plan changed, a larger credit union and the executive doesn't make more than a million dollars a year in compensation, but because of the payment of the 457F plan, While that executive was looking and saying, hey, I'm excited because in 2018, when I get this payout, my taxes are going to be less. I'm going to get more net after tax from this plan. Well, suddenly he had to think about the impact was going to be to the credit union. And so I was on the phone with the executive and a couple of the board members, wherein the executive suddenly had to decide whether or not he wanted to try to push for the payment to be accelerated into 2017 to save the credit union money or whether he wanted to try to realize additional tax savings for himself. It put him at an awkward position. And ultimately what it ended up doing was providing for an acceleration so that he had to pay a higher tax rate on the money, but it saved the credit union hundreds of thousands of dollars.
0: So you have already been receiving lots of inquiries related to the implication of the tax law. When have you started receiving those queries? Obviously we're at the start of the new year here. Did you receive some even before You know, and, you know, we knew this was potentially going to happen here. When did you kind of start receiving some calls? Because there's, you know, great concern out there.
1: Yeah, we started receiving calls even before it passed. There was a lot of concern over what would happen with deferred compensation programs in general when the bill was even first introduced. Certainly from our end, we wanted to make sure that we knew what was going to be in stone before providing any definitive guidance to our credit union clients. But it was probably within a day after it passed that we started receiving phone calls. Certainly, it didn't take long for a lot of the trade associations, not just credit unions, but associations, cooperatives, healthcare organizations, a lot of not-for-profit organizations to get the word out about this particular provision. And as a result, we started receiving phone calls from clients and from
0: executives almost immediately. So you're talking about board members as well, along with the executives too?
1: Absolutely. I mean, they have a vested interest in trying to make sure that their credit unions are in the best place possible. And again, the executive, with the reduction in personal tax rates, they might find themselves a bit of a conundrum over Mm -hmm. which one is more important, the expense to the credit union
0: or the additional taxes to themselves. Boy, this can really have such a big impact on credit unions. In terms of asset sizes, can you talk a little bit about that and its impact?
1: Sure. A lot of credit unions use 457F programs, and you see that across all all asset sizes. That's certainly become more prevalent as you get larger in asset base. Certainly, the largest credit unions that have higher compensation levels are going to be ones that are there, that are most likely to be impacted. But at the same time, recognizing that there are a lot of smaller-sized credit unions that still offer relatively modest SERP plans or these de- deferred compensation plans to their executives, they may still be impacted when you are thinking about the rolling up of all the taxes of those plans
0: being provided into a single year. What are some other things uh, that people need to consider when reviewing and implementing executive compensation packages? Yeah, that's a good question.
1: Really, the, the first and foremost, uh, creating, when they start thinking about an executive compensation program, they need to be making sure that they are sizing it correctly. And that's one of the things that when we look at what this tax bill, the implications of it with that 21% excise tax, they may start reconsidering whether or not they are actually sizing it correctly or if they're being perhaps a little bit too generous. And once they determine that it's sized correctly, then it, then it cuts to a question of well, what types of plans should we be looking at? I think what you'll see is gradings uh, are going to start being a lot more thoughtful about looking at plan alternatives and working with providers that actually have the ability to provide for number of alternative plan options.
0: John, what are some plan alternatives for credit unions? What are some steps going forward? What do you suggest?
1: Yeah, there's a few different plan alternatives that credit unions can look at: uh, 47B plans and 4. Uh, 457-F plans often go hand-in-hand, where the 457-B acts as more of a complement to or supplement to 401K. A 457-F plan really is that uh, vehicle that's used for recruitment, retention, reward purposes. But there's also another type of plan called split dollar, which is uh, certainly in more recent years become much more prominent. That is largely not impacted by the rule because it is not considered a form of compensation. Uh, The way a split dollar plan is designed, it's a loan to an executive. The uh, executive purchases life insurance and uses that life insurance uh, cash value from the life insurance in order to make withdrawals from the policies to supplement their retirement income in future years. That type of plan is largely unimpacted because it, it, it is withdrawals from a life insurance policy as opposed to actual compensation. So I think what you'll see is a lot of credit being being much more thoughtful in determining whether or not they want to use 457F plans versus collateral Simon Split dollar plans think you'll we'll see a lot more combination of the two. And certainly as uh unions that decide they don't want to use collateral assignment split dollar plans, they're going to be much more thoughtful in how they structure their 47 F plans to ensure that they are spreading out the payments in such a manner that the annual compensation limits of that or that annual compensation amount of $1 million threshold. I think what you'll see is that collateral assignment split dollar plans will be much more prevalent, but at the same time, those credit unions that decide they don't want to use split-dollar plans, that they will be much more thoughtful in how they structure their forty-seven f plans by spreading out the payments to ensure that the amounts that they are paying an executive in any given year do not exceed that million-dollar threshold.
0: So there are solutions that can aid in this situation, but lots of careful consideration for moving forward for this fiscal year. Absolutely, and that, and that's just
1: for new plans. The
0: Probably the bigger component
1: that we have to deal with is the existing plans, Credit unions that have a plan in place today, if they're not sure whether or not it's going to cause them to exceed that million-dollar threshold, they ought to be getting with their advisors, connecting with their attorneys, and making necessary modifications after they review the plans in order to bring those plans down and in line so that they can avoid that excise tax.
0: All right. Of course, we're, again, new into the year, but what are you seeing from the industry? What are credit unions doing to kind of curtail this tax?
1: Well, in addition to some of the thoughtful planning that unions are going to have to do around structuring compensation plans, uh, the industry, not only the Creighton industry, but the entire not for profit realm, including hospitals, credit unions, trade associations, just not-for-profits in general and foundations, they are all getting together and lobbying Congress to try to make changes to this, to try to either remove or somehow phase it in over a longer period of time. By and large, I think the industry feels as though they weren't given enough time to prepare for something like this. It was truly an unexpected expense that now a lot of organizations are going to have to deal with because the effective date of that excise tax is for compensation that's paid in calendar year 2018. I think you'll see a lot of effort by not only the credit industry, but by a lot of organizations that are impacted to try to have this either removed, reduced, or otherwise phased in.
0: Yeah, I can understand that. Certainly not a lot of time to act and plan. This is good that we have the chance to connect because so many people are concerned, and they should be. Wonderful, John. Thank you for the opportunity. And just before we depart here for our listeners, CUNA Mutual Group is a full-service exec benefits program provider. They do not provide legal advice. As with any benefits program provider that you work with for your executive benefit needs, you should obtain the necessary and legal and accounting counsel for the development and execution of your program. All right, John. Again, thank you very much for your time. I appreciate that. Have yourself a wonderful day. Thank you, James. Appreciate it. And thank you for spending time with us. If you have found this form enjoyable, helpful, or user-friendly, please share this episode and the Q's podcast with your colleagues. Try to make it simple for others to connect. Please note that the Q's podcast is found in easy-to-reach places. It is found on all devices, all platforms, 24-7. Again, it is simple. Just go to Q's.org slash podcast. You can also find the show in podcast directories such as iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. For example, in iTunes, do a search for Q's podcast. You'll find it. Click the subscribe button that way all episodes will be automatically uploaded to your device so you won't miss a single episode be sure to check out all 45 previous episodes if you haven't it's a fun way to take learning on the go i became a podcast listener five years ago I love learning, and to discover that I could take learning on the go blew my mind away. It adds extra excitement to my life. Listening to podcasts keeps your mind fresh and active. It adds perspective to things that interest you. It is also a great way to expand your learning when you drive, work out, and are on the go. I've listened to many thousands of episodes of the course of the last five years. Please do me a favor and tell at least five people about the Q's podcast, believe it or not. In just one year of the existence of the show, we have listeners from 19 countries, and I can't wait for you to see what's to come. For more talent development content from Qes Cues, visit cues.org. If you're a CUSE member, you have access to invaluable membership benefits to further enhance your development. Visit CUSE.org slash membership to learn more. Qes is an international credit union association. Our mission is to educate and develop credit union CEOs, directors, and future leaders. To learn how Q's can help you realize your potential, visit Q's.org today.